This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Grown and The Moth are excited to partner with Graduate Hotels to celebrate storytelling across generations. Visit any of Graduate's 30-plus hotels and you'll discover storytelling is at the heart of everything they do, especially when it comes to their unique, locally-inspired interior designs. Not only has The Moth hosted a series of open-mic story slams at Graduate Hotels, but members of our staff have also had the privilege of visiting graduate hotels as guests. From Ann Arbor, Michigan to Oxford, England, our team has experienced firsthand the rich storytelling and memorable design touches that make a graduate stay so special. So the next time you're visiting a beloved college town or dropping by your alma mater, stay at graduate hotels and save up to 30% with exclusive code MOTH. Thanks again to Graduate Hotels for their generous support and their commitment to telling the unique stories of their local communities. Go book your stay now at graduatehotels.com and remember to use code MOTH for up to 30% off. I walk into the Jacob Javits Center and all I see is a sea of colors and cosplay and I'm underdressed because I didn't wear any cosplay. But I am super pumped because it is my first anime convention, Anime NYC. And I'm here with my friend Bakari, who loves anime just as much as I do. In the crowds of people, I'm hearing anime theme songs. I'm hearing shouting from play fighting and dance battles. It's a real vibracious scene. I see people wearing Cowboy Bebop costumes. I see Naruto costumes, of course. I see One Piece costumes. It's a huge, it's a huge deal. And uh, I remember of all the costumes I was seeing, I saw mostly Chainsaw Man. What's a Chainsaw Man? Uh, Well, Chainsaw Man is a character from an anime uh, who... uh, has a chainsaw demon inside him and so like he has a head as a chainsaw and arms as a chainsaw that are just like rotating that must have been quite a sight (laughs) yeah it it was quite a sight and also very it's a very intricate cosplay so it's like oh wow like you put a lot of time into that but there was a whole bunch of them this sounds like such an amazing experience first experience for you what was it like being there with your friend it was really great I wasn't even going to go, but my friend Kari bought me a ticket, and uh, we bond over anime. So it felt really great uh, to be there with him. I'm a little uh, far from, like, my old anime days. I don't, like, have as much time as I used to, you know, adulting now to, like, watch anime and be engulfed in that. So I really indulged at Anime NYC. I even got uh, swords, me and Bakari, uh, as a, you know, thank you for him buying me the ticket. Mm. And also, like, memorabilia from our favorite animes. And, uh, yeah, even if it's been, like, so long and I, and I don't uh, get to watch anime as I used to and dress up and cosplay, I felt at home, and I want to go back. 
Grown. 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 I'm Aliza. And I'm Fonzo. And this is Grown, a podcast from the moth full of stories about what it means to grow up. This episode, we're going back to that anime convention. Well, metaphorically. We're going to be talking about how the things we love, the things we obsess over, the media we nerd out about, how that all affects our lives and shapes the people we become. Whether that's me with One Piece or Elisa with Twilight. You know, I'm not really that big of a nerd about Twilight. If you say so. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, anyways, first up today, we have Abigail Lore with another story about an anime convention. She told this story at a moth education showcase where the theme of the night was Game Changer. Here's Abigail, live at the moth. So everyone who knows me knows I'm kind of an introvert. I don't like talking to people. I don't like being around people. I just don't like people, okay? You guys give me a lot of anxiety. So you can imagine the first couple months of quarantine. I don't want to say it was good because we were in a pandemic, but I was very comfortable. I liked being alone, but even someone like me after some time, I'm just like, this is too much. Like, I wanna, I wanna get out there, which is why a couple months after quarantine, I decided I'd go to my very first anime convention. Now, I've never been to an anime convention, but I've always been into anime. Like, ever since I was a little girl, I've just always liked it. And my friends have gone to anime conventions and they always tell me, Abby, it's so much fun. Like, you're gonna have a great time. You're gonna meet so much new people. I'm just like, you lost me at meeting new people. Like, (laughs) that does not sound like fun. So I've never went, but this year I wanted to go. And it was actually great because my sister had recently got into anime over quarantine and I could bring her. And she's kind of like my extrovert. So we go out to get food and she's the one who orders. So I thought this is perfect, we can go. So we arrive in full cosplay. My sister's in a a Naruto cosplay, and I'm in a Demon Slayer cosplay. I'm actually wearing this shirt right now. So I have like this black uniform, this large butterfly kimono, and this sword, and I'm looking pretty good. Now, before you say, if you're an introvert, that's a pretty bold move for you to wear a cosplay. That is how you blend in at an anime convention. (laughs) So... We walk in and there's this like large venue and there are stands everywhere with the most overpriced anime merch that people are still gonna buy for some reason. And there's a guest panel in the back. Now, another reason I wanted to go to the anime convention was because one of my favorite voice actors was gonna be there. Now, if you're into anime, you probably heard this name. His name is Bryce Pappenbrook. And he's a big deal in the anime community. He's played voice so many people. And I've just always kind of looked up to him. He's like an icon to me. So that's another reason I was very excited to be there. But before that, me and my sister were just walking around and, you know, wasting our money because that's what you do. And I think I bought like a $30 pin at some point, but it wasn't, I was not my proudest moment, but. So we're walking around and my sister's already complaining that she's tired, she has a headache, I don't know. And I see this girl in a cosplay. Now, this is, she, it's so cool. Like, it looked like so much effort was put into it. So I just, like, I had to say something. So I tapped this woman on the shoulder. I'm just like, hey, that's a really good cosplay. And then just walk away. <laughs> so um, I don't know what overcame me in that moment to do that because I've never talked to people like that. Even my sister, she was like, did you just talk to somebody that you don't know? Like, that's interesting. So that happened. And then I kept, we kept walking around, you know, buying more stuff. And then my sister... She was complaining 
about her feet now. It's only been like an hour there. I'm just like, all right, you want to leave? All right, let's leave. But before that, I need a signature from Bice Prepper Book. So go get on the line for the signature, and I'm going to go around, look for a poster that he can sign. So my sister leaves, she goes to get on the line, and I'm looking for a poster that he can sign and with one of his characters on it, the characters that he voices. When I tell you that there was no posters anywhere to be found because they were all sold out, I'm not exaggerating when I'm saying that he's a big deal in the anime community. But after like an hour of walking around trying to look for a poster, I see one with one of his characters. And it's from a character he voiced in a little kid's show called Miraculous. And it's him on the poster, his character, his name, it's Cat Noir. And then there's another person on the poster, and it's Ladybug. So they're just both there. So I'm just like, you know what? This is the only thing I can find. I've watched the show. It's all right. So I'm just get it. So I get the poster. I go back to my sister online. She's nowhere near the front, by the way. It's been an hour. That's how long the line was. And I'm just like, hey, I got the poster. She's like, good thing you got a poster, because I heard that they just ran out at the front, and they don't have anything for him to sign. And the woman in front of us... And her daughter, they don't have anything for him to sign, so they don't know what to do. I'm just like, oh, man, that sucks. And I look at the woman and her daughter, and very, very conveniently, her daughter was in a ladybug cosplay. So I look at the, her daughter. I look at my poster. I look at her daughter. look at my poster. She is dressed up as the person in my poster. I'm just like, oh, she's too young to feel disappointment. Like, I, I want to give it to her. So... After, like, deciding to give it to her, I tell my sister, hey, why don't you give it to her for me? Like, and my sister immediately was like, no. You want to do it? You do it. I'm not talking to anybody today. I'm just like, oh, okay. So then it was like another 15 minutes of internal conflict where I'm just like, do I give it to them now or now? No, no. Because the thing is, this is different than just tapping someone on the shoulder and then walking away. No, I have to stay on the line. Okay, so that is going to be very difficult for me because I'm very awkward and I don't know how to make conversation. So after a while, I'm just like, give it to her now. Give it to her now. What if she doesn't take it? Insist. What if my sister's just lying to me and she actually does have a poster? I don't know, curl up on the floor or something. Like. <laughs> so after a while, this thinking is exhausted. I'm just like, you know what, fuck it. I tapped the woman on the shoulder. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, do you guys need this poster? Like, I have this poster here for him to sign. And it looks like your daughter needs one. So she's like, no, like, I can't take that from you. Like, that's your poster. I'm just like, no, just take it. Like, I bought a ridiculously expensive book earlier with a bunch of empty pages. He could just sign that. So I hand the poster to the little girl, and she smiles. And she's very shy. She says, thank you. I almost don't even hear her. And I'm kind of just like, don't worry. I know what that's like. Like, I know what it's like to be shy. So... After that, there was just like an awkward silence because I don't know what else to say. So I kind of just awkwardly turned back to my sister. And I'm just like, yay, I did it. So that was like a little moment to try. Then we were still nowhere near the front. But after an hour had gone by, we were standing online. This is my very first time at an anime convention. Let me remind you that. The guy at the front goes, that'll be $50 for autograph and photo. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't even have any money left. I only have like $25. I look at my sister. I'm just like, I, I can't pay for this. And my sister's like, man, we wasted like three hours on this line. Like, let's just go. Like, we wasted so much time. So we were about to go. And then the woman in front, she's, she comes up to me. And she's like, hey, let me pay for the rest of your poster. I mean, for the autograph. <laughs> and I immediately go, no, 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 I can't. I can't take your money. Like, that's your money. She's like, hey, you did something nice for me. 
let me do something nice for you. So it's like another internal conflict moment. I don't want to take this lady's money. But then again, I was standing online for like two hours. So it's kind of like, it's a very tempting offer. So I decide to accept. And I get my autograph. And I get a photo with someone I really admire. I didn't say anything because I don't know how to talk to my idols like that. So once we finally leave, my sister's happy because the day's over. And I'm happy because I feel really good about myself because I never put myself out there like that. All these people, they were, they were so nice, and I felt really comfortable there. So even though anime conventions are ridiculously expensive, I would definitely go again, because it's filled with people just like me. Thank you. That was Abigail Lore. Abigail said her younger self would describe the person that she is now as a little shyer than what I once was, but a hard worker who figured out what they love to do and is going after it. If you'd like to see a photo of Abigail at the convention, check out grownpod.com. There'll also be information on all our storytellers. And if you'd like to see photos of me with my anime swords, check out Instagram or TikTok at grownpod. I cannot wait to see those photos. <laughs> Up next, a story about superheroes. But first, Fonzo, I have a question for you. So, you know, in her story, Abigail talked about how she sort of found this sense of acceptance at an anime convention. When you were at your anime convention, did you feel that? Yes, I absolutely did feel that. At an anime convention or any event where, you know, you found growth in, like, your show or your favorite movie, you know, it's like mm -hmm. you dedicated time and love to that. And like, you get that, like you're, you're there for that. And uh, I felt like just being around so many people that love something as much as I do and find the interest and see the same things I do, maybe not in the same way, but like just that acknowledgement, it's just, it felt good. It feels like home, you know? Mm. I love that you say that it feels like home because I know exactly what you mean, even if I don't. And, you know, I am not into anime, but I know that feeling that you're talking about of just like you're with your people. You're with the people that get you without you having to explain yourself. And that's a really powerful feeling. Yeah. Just a little upset that I didn't get to cosplay. But what would you good. do or what, what next time you go to an anime convention with cosplay, would you want to do? I don't know. There's so many. Uh <laughs> Uh, Rowan Noah Zoro, he's from One Piece. I would dress up like him. Mm. He's actually the sword I got. That was his sword. I would dress up like him. you already have a piece of the costume. Yeah. I guess I I'm not as buff as Zoro, though, so I don't know. <laughs> That's what padding's for, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pads, the shoulders? Shoulder pads? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, throw some tissue in, in my shirt. Yeah, it would be fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Are there other friends that you met because of your interest in anime, or what did those friendships look like versus other types of friendships? Uh, I have uh, I have a lot of friends. I mean, anime is big, so you know, you you meet people and then oh yeah, I'm into this show. I'm into this show too, and it's like yeah, then that becomes like oh, you know, you guys start sending memes to each other <laughs> about the show and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. and it becomes like funny funny stuff like you can laugh together about and it definitely breaks those walls it's just like okay now i can don't have to worry about just saying hey to this person it's like oh wow like we can do this together and and with uh, in this case bakari like we've 
always just loved One Piece. We would just always be like, yo, you saw last night's episode. Yeah, oh my God, this happened. Luffy did this. And it's just like, wow. You mm -hmm. know, it, it, it really is cool. Because, you know, you, when, you, when you're talking about something you love and you just like really hype about it, you know, the words just fly. And, mm. You know, it's nice to break down that barrier. Yeah, I love that. Fonzo, how do you think that the things that you loved when you were a teenager, which I think is like the most intense time to have a passion, how do you think that shaped the person you are today? I really do feel like the things that I love, loved back then, I still hold care for, but it's not like as intense. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the thing, you know, like you fall in love with things uh, when you're younger a lot more and mm -hmm. a lot more intensely. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that like, when you really find something now, like as an adult, like, and you love it, like it's so rare. It's like, yo, you got to like, whew. I said, I'm doing embroidery this day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to hear none of that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you have to hold on to things more intensely because, you know, back then it's like anime, you know, like I, I took it for granted being able to watch it mm -hmm. all the time, like to have, okay, after school, six hours, anime? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I get home from work. I barely got an hour or whatever or like before I got to cook dinner or like do an errand and mm -hmm. then, you know, go to sleep for work or something. You know, it's like stuff like that. And like it, it, it really like gets to you when you take things for granted. How about you? As I'm an adult now, I feel like there isn't anything that I am super passionate about. And I'm like, does that make me boring? Does that make me uninteresting? And I was talking to a friend about this. I'm like, you know, um, this is one of my friends who crochets, and she has a crochet business, and she's really amazing at it. And I know how to crochet, but oh my God, I am nothing like her. Like, she's an artist, you know, and I'll like make a half finished bag every once in a while, that kind of thing. And I was saying, like, I feel envious of people that have these deep passions and deep interests because, like, I am not able to, I don't have the attention span to get that deep into something. Um, and she was, saying to me, she's like, you know, I look at you and you have a lot of interests and you know a lot about things like reproductive rights and things that you are passionate about that isn't necessarily like a craft or um, something in pop culture or whatever. That's just to say that like if you're if you're listening and you feel like you're not super into anything, that's not a bad thing. There probably are things that you're really yeah. into and and you don't have to go like headfirst into something to claim it as a passion yeah. of yours. Absolutely. Oh, wow. That was, wow. That was that a was, lot of words. No, no. <laughs> no, that was super awesome. Like, no, I, I totally agree. Like, mm. absolutely. Um, something too, like, I, I'm really into fashion. I'm really into house music. I'm, I'm into a lot of things, but I feel like, oh, damn, I don't know it enough. Like, I don't know every designer. I don't know every trend. I don't know every artist that's up right now. I don't know who's playing at the Brooklyn yeah. Barrage next week. Like, if, if I don't know those things, and does that mean can I claim those as my interests? Like, Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. You exactly. Don't, you, I tried as my best not to be like, oh, like, oh, I need to know all of this because everybody else knows. Oh, you don't. You're not up on this. Or mm -hmm. uh, like, I like it. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I can love it. Doesn't mean I have to love it in the same way or know the same things. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? That's like you don't have to justify your passions to yeah. anyone else. And you said something really interesting too. It's like now I can claim that as an adult. Like now that I, mm -hmm. I you know, claiming that, like. 
I am who I am now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, I don't love this as intensely, but I can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm not like a, you don't have to be like a super fan to support an artist. Mm-hmm. Do I need to go back to the next one or follow them through Europe on tour? I don't, I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be here. <laughs> I can go home. Claim, claim who you are. So, you know, we're talking about like being in high school and stuff. And I feel like even when you're younger, like, you ha- you can be really interested in something, but as you're growing up and people are getting more mature, you feel pressured maybe to outgrow your interests if they're quote-unquote childish or your friends aren't as into them anymore. And what I always find really admirable are the people that hold on to their interests despite what other people might think. And that's something I really, really love about our next storyteller. You're so right, Aliza. Our next story really dives deep into that question of outgrowing an obsession. It was told by Roger Lamb at a New York City Story Slam. Here's Roger, live at the mall. All right. So as you can tell from the way I just gated up these stairs and from this boyish smile and youthful charm, this guy watched a lot of cartoons when he was growing up. I especially loved cartoons about superheroes. Any character who went on these daring adventures stood up for what they believed in, and never backed down. From Spider-Man all the way to Pokemon trainers. Now, my parents and I, we moved to the States when I was one. And in our very first year, on October 31st, I found hundreds of bite-sized superheroes patrolling the streets of my neighborhood. And eventually, the Avengers were assembled at my door asking for my candy. Now, they don't celebrate Halloween back in China, the motherland, so my parents thought this was some sort of home invasion. (laughs) But I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I, too, wanted to honor my favorite heroes by dressing up as them one day. So the next year, my mom and I, we went to the Spirit Halloween store in good old suburbia, and we quickly realized just how expensive superhero costumes are. You know, if you want to become Batman, You need the onesie, the base costume, but you also need the mask, the tool belt, the cape, the armor, each piece costing an arm and a leg. So instead, my mom bought me a generic Tyrannosaurus Rex costume. (laughs) She told me, I just can't justify spending half a fortune on an outfit that you can only wear once a year on Halloween and you'll outgrow in two years. Fair enough. I was willing to settle for simply owning a T-shirt that had a superhero printed on it. These were a lot more affordable, but they weren't cheap either. But at least you could socially acceptably wear them to school once a week instead of once a year. But every time I asked my mom to buy me a superhero t-shirt, she said, no, you already have so much clothing. And by clothing, she was referring to all my hand-me-downs from distant family friends I had never even met before. They were always pilly, their colors were faded, and some of them actually did have heroes printed on them, but they were always characters I didn't really recognize, ones that were popular in Asia, but weren't mainstream in the States yet, like Doraemon and Ultraman. And I got tired of repping these B-list heroes. (laughs) But what really bothered me was that some other kid on the other side of the world, or on the other side of the country, had already worn these things for half a lifetime. So every time I wore them, 
I felt like I was pretending to be someone that I didn't even know or someone that I didn't even want to be. And sometimes these hand-me-downs weren't even intentional. They weren't planned. Uh, when I was in preschool, I did something that every preschooler does at one point in their preschool career. I wet myself. <laughs> and thankfully, every parent had already given a pair of backup underpants with their student's name written on it on the very first day of school, just for moments like this. But I never saw my pair of tidy whities My teacher gave me this pair of briefs with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles printed all over them that I had never seen before in my life. Now, little four-year-old Roger was really conflicted. <laughs> on one hand, I knew this did not belong to me. But on the other hand, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael, Donatello, they were my boys. <laughs> they were my boy band. So I went home that day wearing a stranger's underpants. <laughs> um, and I finally had myself some superhero swag. But it still didn't really feel quite right. And I couldn't really shake that feeling for a long time. But thankfully, after six years or so, I finally outgrew all my hand-me-downs, including the Ninja Turtle underpants. And my mom finally shelled out for my very own brand new Yu-Gi-Oh! t-shirt. It was black, it had Yugi Moto, the king of games, printed around my belly button, and it had my guardian angel, the dark magician, hovering right above. And I was so excited to show it off on the very first day of fifth grade. But I got to school that day, in my fit, and I looked around, and nobody was wearing superhero costumes anymore. You know what they were wearing instead? They were wearing these solid color t-shirts with these little pop-up letters on them that read, Property of Abercrombie and Fitch, established 1892. And I eventually figured out what happened. You could smell it in the air. It was um, puberty. <laughs> Over the summer, my peers stopped admiring superheroes and instead were too busy looking at all of the teen model photos posted across every shopping mall in the country. And I could just imagine these two supervillains, Abercrombie and Fitch, <laughs> sitting in their evil lair, twirling their evil mustaches, <laughs> counting their cash after brainwashing an entire generation of tweens. I thought this was going to be my year. I thought, finally, my classmates would notice and recognize that I liked the same heroes that they did. But alas, they were wearing these boring, expensive Abercrombie and Fitch costumes. And I just felt so betrayed. But I wasn't going to betray myself. I looked damn good wearing that Yu-Gi-Oh! t-shirt to school every single week like I had always dreamed of. Because my childhood heroes, they taught me to always stand up for what I believe in and never back down. And I wasn't going to become the property of Abercrombie and Fitch or anyone else for that matter. Thank you. That was Roger Lamb. When asked how his younger self would describe him now, Roger said, really nice and fun, but not very tall. It's relatable, Roger. You always say that when, yeah, <laughs> when height is involved. 
Senator, I relate. I get it. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about Roger or any of our other storytellers, just remember to check out grownpod.com. We wanted to hear more about what people were passionate about, the pieces of culture that really spoke to them. So we decided to check out the Brooklyn Comic Con, and we're turning over the mic to one of our favorite people. He's a Moth Education Program alumni, a storyteller, teacher, and you'll be hearing from him a lot this season. Here's David Leppelstadt. I'm David, and I'm here right now at Brooklyn Comic Con. We are here geeking out with people over all sorts of different pieces of media. I cannot wait to start talking to some of these really cool folks. So first, my first question to you is, who are you dressed as today? Miles Morales. Miles Morales from the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yes, yes, yes I am. Has, has Miles Morales ever gotten you through some, some tough times? Has there ever been a time where you're maybe like, okay, I'm having some doubt in this world, you know, especially as a young person, we got a lot of scary stuff in the world. How has Miles Morales helped you get through some of those tough times you got? Um, he helps me because like, like, he just, like when I think about him, he makes me think about myself and how good I could be in life. So that's, that's just how I think. That's amazing to hear. And I know that you are going to go do amazing things, that you're going to go save the world just like Miles Morales. Isn't that, that's how it's going to be? Yes, that's how it's going to be, yeah. Okay, I love it. Thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome. So what is your name and who are you dressed as today? My name is Jonathan Deal, uh, cosplay name Real Deal Cosplay, and I'm currently cosplaying Dr. Robotnik from Sonic games, movies, etc. Oh my god, that was my favorite video game growing up. Um, what does cosplaying do for you, and why maybe should more people try it out? People have just an innate fear of failure of like, if it doesn't come out perfect, if it doesn't come out the way I envision it, then it's not worth it. But sometimes you just got to take a plunge, take a risk, and you know, I've been doing this, I'm almost 30 for about half my life. Um, I've been doing this since I was about 14, 15. I make stuff, I buy stuff, craft stuff, and it's just a way of just, you know, expanding my borders, getting to know people who have a shared interest as I do. Okay. Hi, what is your name, and who are you dressed as today? I am Apollo Harris, and I am Quail Man! Quail Man! So great to be here talking to you today. Um, so, what, what made you dress as this today? How did this obsession with this character form? Well, first, I love Nickelodeon. I'm a 90s kid, and so I always like to do 90s nostalgia. So I do things like Captain Planet, Hey Arnold, Static Shock. So I'm just really, that's kind of like my thing that I do like cosplay-wise. This one is just more kind of relaxed because I didn't know it was going to be hot outside, so I wanted to make sure, you know, I have a little bit more freedom because yesterday I was kind of sweaty. So I was like, let me do something a little bit more calm on a Sunday. Amazing. I, I, a person of culture, I can see for sure. Um, <laughs> How, how has uh, cosplaying and being part of this community shaped the person that you are? It's really been good. And so it was like a few years ago after, you know, Avengers was kind of like getting big. Uh, I, another prominent cosplay I do was Nick Fury. And I dressed up as Nick Fury and I had like the prop guns and everything. And I had, and I was living in Colorado at the time, which is a, um, not necessarily a very diverse states. Um, I could go a week without seeing another black guy. Um, but I was dressed as Nick Fury and I had this like, this little white kid is like seven years old, came running up to me yelling Nick Fury and went to hug me. And I just thought that was a beautiful moment. Just like this kid did not see this six foot three tall black person as a, as like someone like to be scared of, but just saw like, oh my God, it's a beloved character that I love. And so ever since then, I was like, really kind of gone into the community and just really like the cosplay for nostalgia, but also just be here for kids. Cause 
I love it. They see their favorite characters and they see someone else dressed as their favorite characters and it validates their feelings of their favorite character when they see someone else loves them too. That, that's like such a gorgeous story to hear today. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Oh man, I wish I'd really been there. Yeah, David, where was our invite? We'll go next year though, don't worry. So Aliza, what will our next episode be about? Fonzo, we're going to be talking about what's right and what's wrong. Here's a clip. My grandfather being a uh, minister or whatever, he gets the money out of the collection plate. So I knew where he put the money. It's not what you all think. I lied. It's exactly what you think. That's it for this episode. Remember, no matter how old you are, you're never fully grown. Aliza Cosme is a multimedia storyteller passionate about using the power of storytelling for social good. She nerds out about whatever reality show she's watching. Fonzo Lacayo is a passionate creative from the Bronx who appreciates the art of storytelling and self-expression. Right now, he's really into craftsmen and woodcarving videos. Grown is a production of The Moth. Our senior editor is Sarah Jane Johnson, and our senior producer is Mark Sollinger. That's me. With support from our artistic team, including Jody Powell, Suzanne Rust, and Sarah Austin Janess. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our education team. Melissa Brown, Jonathan Cabral, Devin Elise Wilson, and Anna Stern, as well as our instructors, past and present. To learn more about the Moth's education programs for young adults and educators, visit themoth.org edu. The stories in this episode were directed by Michelle Jalowski and Jennifer Hexen. Mixing is by Davey Sumner with original music and sound design by Davey Sumner. Special thanks to all those who contributed their voices. The rest of the Moss leadership team includes Sarah Haberman, Jennifer Hickson, Meg Bowles, Kate Tellers, Marina Cliche, Brandon Grant Walker, Leanne Gully, and Aldi Casa. All Moss stories are true, as remembered and affirmed by their storytellers. For more about Grown, go to grownpod.com. Grown is presented by PRX, the public radio exchange. Ever wonder why we want to tell complete strangers our personal secrets? Or what a CIA spy can teach you about keeping things close to the chest? Read about this and see other fascinating articles on secrets in Grown's Pocket Collection. Pocket is a website and app that finds the most thought-provoking articles from trusted sources all around the internet and puts them in one place. With Pocket, you can keep and find new articles to read, save articles for later, and even have your saved articles read aloud to you. If you want to dig deeper into this secret-worthy episode of Grown, head over to Pocket and check out our collection at getpocket.com slash grown.